Welcome to the Raw District Podcast, episode 16. I'm your host today, White Ready. Drew Dawson out the building. He's on like a family picnic or something. We don't know what he did. He's, you know, shooting <laughs> he called photos. into the pot. He's out there eating <laughs> summer sausage. To my right, I got my man Eli Brown. You know, we got Tony Fontana in the building. Yeah, he's here. He's here. Special guest today is a, a, an actor, producer, director, writer, musician. Community, uh, community man. Community <laughs> man. Owns a funeral home on top of that. Uh, give it up for Tyson Williams. Glad to be here. Make some noise. We need a sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We need a sound. We're going to plug the sound in. We're going to plug the sound <laughs> in. Um, but no, I appreciate you, man. How you doing? I'm great. I'm really glad to be here. Um, I've never done a, a podcast before, so wow, this, is, okay. this is the That's first. Right. I'm really excited. Popping the podcast cherry. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, so, I mean, to start, uh, I want to start with a quote of yours. Um, it said, uh, I find myself choosing colors yet undiscovered. Without question, I tend to challenge the norms that the norms and only exist in a land of possibility and creativity. So I simply want to know what is, what is the land of possibility and creativity today look like for, for Tyson Williams? Well, first, um, you know, I would say that my mantra and really the shoes that I, I live in every day, it's basically what, what can be, what, what can exist. So, um, I kind of have this alias dream child. Um, and so, uh, it's really about all of those dreams, everything that you imagine in your head. Um, but I think we live in a world today, um, that is, you can pretty much do whatever you want to do. You can be whoever you want to be. And I've been dreaming about who I've wanted to be since I was about six years old. Um, and, for so many years, I thought, oh, I got to be in Hollywood. I got to be here. I got to make the right connections. But um, one day I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to create it myself. And so um, that's really where I'm at. Ultimately, um, I'm on the path to creating my own media house and producing my own film and television. Mm-hmm. So that's that's fire. That's nice. the ultimate goal. Nice, nice. Um, we'll, we'll get into all that for sure. Um, definitely something I want to touch on. But before we go there, um, piano at four years old? Yeah. I mean, I was running around trying to learn how to tie shoes <laughs> yeah. and still Fighting use the cousins. big boy bathroom and stuff <laughs> like that, I feel like, at four years old. So um, music, I mean, where who, who inspired you to, to, you know, touch those keys? So my grandma, um, who she's still living, um, thank God, um, she is one of my biggest inspirations. Um, so it's interesting. People always want to ask me about, you know, the beginnings of, of me getting, you know, being on the piano. The hard part is I don't ever remember not being on the piano. So I can't really talk about the beginning other than just the stories that I've been told, which is that... You know, my grandma, she had um, the family room, and then she had the piano on the other side of the family room. And so um, when we were all together, I would just be, I gravitate, I guess, naturally towards the piano. And so I started picking up, like, um, the little ditties on the commercials and, and things like that. And so my family, and especially my grandma who plays, she, she was like, you know, we got to do something because he's not getting off of the piano. <laughs> so <laughs> can't get his butt off of here. Yeah, so I would go there and I would be I would be on the piano for hours and hours yeah. and hours. And then I remember I was 5 
and it was Christmas. And the only thing that I really wanted for Christmas, I wanted a bike, a BMX bike, <laughs> and I wanted um, I wanted piano lessons. So that January, um, when I was, uh, well, I guess I really wasn't quite five or six yet, um, I enrolled in my classical training and started, you know, actually learning how to read music. The challenge was um, my <laughs> my music teacher. So she would play whatever it was that I was, you know, on my lessons. Okay, you're going to play this, you're going to play this, da 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 And once I heard it, I didn't have to practice it. It was already in my head. Nice. So then, that always helps. It always <laughs> yeah. helps. That, that, uh, but it, what is that? Is that like a tele, that's not like a, that's not a telegraphic because you're not you're not seeing it. But like, what would that be? Not like a not like a phonographic memory. But I don't know what the word. I, don't know I, don't really, I guess that, yeah. in the music world we call it playing by ear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. just being able to hear hear something and then replicate it back um, on the yeah. instrument. And so it kind of backfired a couple years later because I really wasn't learning how to read the music. That was the problem. So I had to start really all over with learning, okay, this is what you're playing. This is what it looks like on paper. Um, But I was like, you know, Ray Charles, he he can't read music. (laughs) You know, Stevie Wonder, they can't read music. So, but really understanding the theory behind what I was playing. So... Um, you know, I was writing music. I still remember my first little song that I wrote. And um, what was that? Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. But... You know, it didn't have a name, but if you had a piano, I could I, I could play it. Uh, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed. <laughs> we might have to, <laughs> the rest of my have, we have to find a keyboard. Here. It, it, I'm gonna do something. <laughs> I gotta be me yeah yeah we call him we call him officer brown he's he's like the stickler of the group okay there we go there we go we we want it to be right is this good yeah Yeah, and you can pull it back yeah just like he's a sound police oops sorry they always said a fist away so but (laughs) i I figured because i could tell it was this way but yeah it needs to be in front of you we can cut all this shit out but okay (laughs) (laughs) as long as as long as you as long as you have what you need you're good and this is the first time for us using this thing so okay so um so you graduated from uh, from Lawrence High. Yes. The, what's that? The, the, the Lions. Uh, the Lions, okay. Yep, LHS. Okay. Yep. So, um, I mean, I take it you were, you know, involved in music and stuff like that. There yeah, too, yeah. So my music really took off. So uh, thankfully, um, because of my gift and because of the classical training, it really opened doors that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to walk through. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of my teachers, um, they were recognizing you know, I guess you could call it, you know, there was a... Some gifts. Yeah, like a prodigy. <laughs> Don't be humble. You know? Um, yeah, prodigy. Yeah, use that word. I, I never, you know, I'm, I just am who I am, so I never yeah. really see myself with these different labels, but um, they did, definitely. And so they kind of put a little bit of pressure on me, um, which at times was not fun because it was like, wait a second, you got to keep up. You know, it's yeah. like, if you want to... If you want to do this and we think you can do this, you're going to have to try to keep up. So that became a little a little bit much at times, but I'm still thankful for it because I never would be where I am today with yeah. without that. So Right on, right on. So um you you then left and you went to am I saying it McNally Smith? McNally Smith. McNally Smith. Yep. And that's in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Yep. Actually in St. Paul. Okay, St. Paul. But Minnesota. you know, it's like Minneapolis and St. Paul are Topeka Lawrence type of thing. Yeah, actually it's really like Kansas City, Missouri, Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, it's just a closer. river that oh, separates okay. them. So you were there for four years? Um well no, I was in Minneapolis almost ten years mm-hmm. altogether. Nice. So So what's it like going to a um 
to a, a music school or a school of music compared to like a you know like a university or well, I guess that's still a university, but you know what I mean, like a like a KU or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know what? It was really dope because you're with a whole bunch of people who are all like minded. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like everybody speaks the same language, mm-hmm. um, and the 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 best thing about it was. So if you've got, um, you know, maybe at me, I'm in composition and songwriting and, and piano performance, and then you've got the next dude that's, you know, a producer, and then you've got this girl over here, she's a songwriter, so instantly you can create whatever it is that you want. And then you've got, we had, um, because we were sponsored and backed by um, even Aretha Franklin, um, mm. Prince, um there were did you get uh, to meet any of them before you go i didn't get to meet them (laughs) but i did get to meet ashford and simpson before he before he passed away um because i was one of the top 10 students in the school and so they said okay we're gonna take the top 10 students google this man (laughs) we're gonna take you (laughs) to uh to new york and so i got to go um to new york i spent a week i think it was with ashford and simpson Mm, um and uh so we got to go through courses and um but the courses weren't like classroom courses they were like we're right in front of ashford and simpson and all his people and and before you get too far away just for the cameras who who is who is ashford and simpson well ashford and simpson is um he's one of the greatest r&b soul singers songwriters um producers ashford to live yeah to to live um so uh you're all i need to get by um gosh so many songs Probably a lot of like behind the scenes stuff that nobody really knows that they wrote. That's the thing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the thing. That's they were thing about the music huge industry. songwriters. Which mm-hmm. me being in composition, um, you know, that really was what the whole experience was about. Was about composition and songwriting. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, they've written for so many people. And I'm I was just glad that I had the the pleasure to be with him before he passed away. Mm-hmm. But of course, his wife. Um, you know, she's still around and, and still doing her thing. Got to go to their Sugar Lounge, okay. um, which is, uh, he had a club. And I think it still exists. I'm pretty sure it does. Um, at, it's know. in New York. New York, okay. Yeah, I don't remember which of the boroughs it, it was in okay. um, or is in. But um, a lot of beloved people from actors to musicians, they go to the Sugar Lounge and, and hang out. So I got to meet like Lynn Whitfield. Mm-hmm. Um, prolific black actress um, and other people. Uh, so yeah, McNally, that was one of the reasons that I chose it because um, they were so well connected and it was a contemporary music school. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to do, you know, this traditional music school. I wanted a contemporary music school that was going to actually connect me with people and, you know, be a part of the music scene that is relevant for today, which is very important in in on you know in the music scene. Definitely Being connected, definitely for sure. So who is who, who would you say is the biggest musician? I mean, obviously you know that's a, a very big name, um, uh, Ashford and Smith. But who was the biggest musician that you've got to like work with directly or compose with or composed for maybe? Um, the <clears throat> biggest musicians that I've had a chance to actually work with um i would probably say um on the 
gospel side of things, um, I got to play f- um, and work with Kimberell. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, so Morris Day and the Times, mm-hmm. um, yeah. they're out of Minneapolis. They're a derivative of Prince. And so um, Jerome Benton, he was kind of like the hype man, mm-hmm, the dance mm-hmm, man with mm-hmm. Morris Day and the Times. Yeah. Um, he called me one day. I didn't actually know who he was really um and he called me said is is this tyson and i'm like yeah this is he and he's like um so i've gotten your name five times from from all these different people and um i figured now was the time to give you a call and um i want you to uh to be music director for this the stage production that i have coming coming and i'm like okay so you know i'm thinking who is this cat? Is he legit? Is <laughs> right, this, this really real? gonna pay? You know, because when you say music director, that's a whole lot of work. Right, right. And, and ain't nobody trying to a whole lot of hats. Yeah, way. a whole lot of hats. You're not trying to connect with somebody who's not legit. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then he could tell that I was a little bit lost for a second. And so then he says, Um, well, you've heard of um Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And I'm like, Well, yeah, like definitely I've heard of them. And he's like, well, um, you've heard of Prince. And I'm like, yeah. Like, where are you, where are you getting at? And <laughs> where are you going with this? And so he's like, well, more Day in the Times. You know, all those people, they're my friends. And he's like, uh, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are producing this gospel sage play. And he said, I'm going to be kind of like the one of the executive producers of the show. And I'm like, so then my ears perked up. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, well, meet me here at this time, such and such place. And I'm like, okay, so I'm still, I'm excited, but I'm like, okay, what is this all going to be about? Um, And so I get there and there's this dude with these locks, this older guy. And um, he's like, Tyson. And I'm like, yeah. And um, he's like, I want you to meet this guy, Alunga. And I'm like. Okay, who's Alunga? Alunga? Yeah, no, that's it like, a like a Street fierce, Fighter character. Yeah, it's like a fierce name. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I sit down, um, and he's like, "Well, you've heard of Sanford and Sons, you've heard of Two Two Seven, all these shows." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Yeah," and he's like, "This is the writer for all the shows." Mm-hmm. Damn, so that's what I said. I'm Man, like, "Damn!" Time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's you know probably the biggest names that i've worked with when mm-hmm. it comes to music itself of course jimmy jam and terry lewis they yeah. created i don't want to say they created janet but they produced janet they got their hands all on yeah on janet. They, <laughs> you can't say janet without saying jimmy yeah, jam yeah. and terry lewis those so. names are definitely familiar in the, you know in the music scene yeah. go ahead, go ahead. Uh, what's the hardest part about the music business like is it like breaking in like yeah, I would definitely say breaking in. And what I would tell people now is, uh, you know, Justin Bieber, um, love him or hate him, but uh, he kind of, he really made it clear that, you know, you produce your music, you get it out on YouTube. And of course, at that time, you know, now it's like everybody's discovered on YouTube, oh, yeah. you know, Instagram, Facebook. Blown up on SoundCloud. SoundCloud, yeah. um, now TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a lot easier. But I think the I think the most difficult thing about the music industry right now is you have to be legit. Because there are so many people that you're competing against. So you really have to have that sound. You've got to have your vocals right. Or if you're a musician, you've got to have that right. And probably to the drive. I mean, we 
you know, there's so much behind the scenes with mm. music, especially the business aspect, that people don't pay attention mm -hmm. to. Oh, yeah, they just get that little bit of, you know, composition. Mm -hmm. Or for me, you know, I, I rap, you know, he raps as well. Mm -hmm. So if it's a music video or something like that, they're just getting that. But like you said, there's so much, so much that more. goes into just that little bit of impact that you're trying to make. So, exactly. yeah, it, it's one. that's 100%. Do you, do you think that um, the business sometimes kills, like, uh, people being creative the art yep I think it does mm -hmm. I think it does but I think too you know you stay trendy and stuff yeah I think you have to whether you're a painter rapper you know interior designer actor there comes this point where you have to at least take some responsibility for understanding the business until you can hire the people that can truly Take care of the business like you Sorry. need them to. Oh, he gave you the look, bro. Tony bro. Fontaine. He's too famous out here, bro. He don't he, even, he's always, I'm surprised he didn't realize this phone no, yet. That means you're interested. <laughs> he ain't picked his phone up yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> had, to him, had to get him respect. No, no, you good. Um, no, but you got to, I think you have a responsibility to be responsible for your art. I like, mm -hmm. I like that. Be responsible for your be, be authentic to yourself. That's a bar right there. Yeah, you <laughs> have to. So you have to understand to a certain level the business side of things. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we were just talking earlier, but uh, lover or hater, um, you know, the thing that I admire about Oprah is that she owns everything. Yeah. And there's no check that gets passed through that she does not sign. Right. And of yeah. course she now has groomed Tyler Perry to do the same thing. So, you know, that's uh, to me, a lot of big things. Yeah. You, you know, and, and when we say check, I'm, you know, I know it's the actual check, but, but I think it's also a metaphor for, you have to be involved in all the pieces of the business yeah. because really you could be the greatest whatever, but if nobody knows you or you're not handling your business, that's the vehicle yeah. that's going to get you to where you want to get yeah. to. So, one hundred percent facts. Yeah, yeah. So what? Um. So what do you got going on as far as like music related? I mean, like I said, I know you're we're, you know doing the plays and stuff like that, and we'll get to that. But are you doing anything? You know, musically? Are you like writing? Just for yourself? Or, yeah. You know, um, really now, I it it took me a long time because I I've spent my whole life in performance, so. Mm -hmm. You know, doing the whole gospel thing in church, doing, you know, I had my own band, Dream Child, when I was in Minneapolis, um, you know, being music director for so many people, traveling the world, playing all over the world, London and Paris and um, everywhere. Um, and I was trying to really find my identity. Um, so I really thought, okay, I'm going to be a songwriter, you know. Mm -hmm course that's like really where the money is at yeah. behind the scenes yeah it's if you're lining don't know that. they don't know mm -hmm. that at all and if you're lining up um you know all of the effort you know if you're going to be out on stage and you're going to be singing or performing you got to keep your body up you got to. Yeah. there's so many there's so much that goes into that um but i thought you know me producing and songwriting that's that's really what i want to do so then when i created um my production company and started producing the Sage plays. Um, now everything is kind of transitioned over to writing all of the music for that. So um, even though I have a music director and he's amazing, shout out to Odell. Um, he's uh, 
definitely he interprets my music um, in a profound way. So mm -hmm. musically, I'm writing for the shows. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what I'm doing. So not as much performing. Right so writing now. like all of everything, like piano, like guitar, all the, like most things are just like yeah, everything. Do you play more than a piano now, or um, learn to play other things down the road? I, so I play other instruments, um, but my 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 I'm. My beast mode yeah, is yeah, on yeah, the yeah. piano, for sure, definitely. For sure, for sure. Um, but you know, producing and and you know, I can hear everything in my head mm -hmm. and I can write it out in my head. So, translating that for all of the pieces in the band, like there's not a sound that comes out that hasn't gone through my head first. Nice. So, Producers right. not just making beats, kids. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Listen, right, right. <laughs> this is true. Um. So I mean, after all that, like you, like you know, you hit on, you know, traveling London, France, you know, all these, you know, all these different places. Why come back? You know, what 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 brings you back here to that good old story. Kansas? Yeah, that's that's the platinum lining that I didn't see coming. Um, so I actually I mentioned Jerome Benton earlier, um, and he had me all set up. Um, I was going to be moving to California. Mm -hmm. Um, so this was probably um, it was 2014. Um, and, uh, my life changed, um, and a couple things kind of started happening. My parents decided to start, um, the funeral home. And so they were like, well, could you come here for just like six weeks? Cause if we could just, <laughs> or six months, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you could come for like six months and just stay with us. And they were like, we could really use you. Um, you know, and so I was like, well, you know, my parents, have, they, they've been amazing. I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm at without them. And so I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll come come back for six months. But I, I told them when I left, because I was in Minneapolis for almost 10 years, I was like, I'm never coming back to Kansas unless someone is sick or they need me. Um, <laughs> they and can so, find many reasons to need you. <laughs> <laughs> so they found the, the need, obviously. Um <laughs> And then a couple months after I got back, my grandfather, uh, he was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, he's, you know, passed on. Um, but I got to, I realized, okay, my family needs me. I'm supposed to be here for right now. And uh, so then I started, you know, at the funeral home, actually got a little depressed because I was, you know, to come back from Minneapolis to here, yeah. not comparing yeah. to Minneapolis to New York. Or I mean, you're Chicago, doing your dream but, there. But yeah, I've been there a lot. Yeah. Minneapolis is a it's tight. Yeah, I've been it there really too. is, and I had my whole it's ecosystem nice. of you know people and performers and like it was nothing I could call in like-minded people. Yeah, I could, there would be like. 20 producers in my phone or nice. 15 sound engineers or you know just my band and all of that so it was depressing and then um i'm a spiritual person um and so i was praying to god and i was like you gotta help me because i'm like <laughs> yeah. even being in lawrence and this out. whole topeka scene i'm like there's nothing going on here <laughs> there's no you know seemingly i there was no talent here there was no there was nothing like you guys understand oh, yeah. what it means yeah. to be a creator and artist. And 100%. There's a cap. Yeah. There's no, There's scene. Like, no scene. No scene at all. And yeah. so. And I, you're like on a completely different level too. So it's not like you can go do a show at 
the booby trap or like right exactly it's nothing that, it's have you not heard gonna of the booby trap by the way since he dropped that name you know what <laughs> i have heard Shout of out it booby trap. yeah i think i've heard of it a couple of times but i'm not too familiar it's, it's like yeah. this big yeah, okay. it's V small. But shout out to Booby Trap. Yeah, right? shout out Got to a few Booby Trap. Saw, saw it over here. <laughs> um, but then, um, so I was praying and I was like, God, you got to leave me. And I, like, he put in my spirit, if it doesn't exist, create it. The best things in life, everything that I have done has been, it, it, nothing existed. So I was like, okay, well, if that's the case, then. You know, let me just start trying to figure this out. And I had been music director on so many shows. I did the, um, you know, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's um, gospel play. I was traveling on cruises and, you know, producing shows and doing all this stuff. And I'm one of those people, I'm very analytical. I'm very detail-oriented. So I'll sit back and I'll, I'll be like, okay what did they do that was really well that I could learn from? Mm -hmm. And then I'll be like, okay, what would I have done differently? And so I would do that all the time. And I remember doing, you know, these shows and I'd be like, man, I could do that. I had been acting and performing, you know, my whole life. So then I'm like, okay, I'm going to produce this show. Well, it kind of started out of this church, which will remain nameless. Oh, you got beef with them. Um, <laughs> sure. And that's another church thing. Church no name of Christ. We can play yeah, hit him up. Like, you can freestyle. Yeah, play hit him up. I feel like the, uh, I feel like there's so many talented artists and, and creators in church, but that whole, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> I was going to, I was actually going to ask you if that's what, like what kind of like fueled your need to like play music. And like yeah, music it was definitely birthed out of church, like yeah. with my grandma playing. Just that and, gospel feeling, you know. Yeah, that that whole scene, and it could be a totally beautiful thing, and I think in some in some environments it is. So it's not every church, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just realized. So what I did is I wrote the show, and I was like, okay, I'll have the church, you know, we'll we'll produce it. Well, it was a hit. It, there was 800 people over a weekend. It was sold out. We didn't do it at the church. And I, you know, I kind of was up against the whole, how it's producing. Cause I'm like coming from Minneapolis to Topeka. I'm like, no, I'm going to produce, this is going to be a for real play. This isn't your Easter play. Mm-hmm. Like this is going to be for real legit. Mm-hmm. We're going to have backstage crew, you know? And so they had a difficult time, um, understanding what this was going to be. But then of course, After it was over, they took all the money. And I was like, wait, I wrote this show. Hmm. I produced the show. I directed the show. I brought in all of the talent. Most of the talent was not in the church. And I was like, well, damn. I can do this on my own. Why do I need... Mm -hmm. Why do I need the church? Yeah. You know, yeah. I need, I, I don't need them to distribute my art and my yeah. work. So then that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to start my own production company, but it's going to be legit. It's going to be for real. Like, yeah. so I hired an attorney, um, you know, really created this, the whole business model, started putting the people in place, started putting my management team together. And I was like, you know what? After that show, I realized what I was called to do, which was to create, write, direct, produce film and television and the stage. And so that's what I'm on the track to do now. That's also kind of like a metaphor to like, cause you had to take it into your own hands 
to like the music in industry and people taking advantage of people in the industry and then they're like screw that I'm just going to go make my own label or just like you know take the independent path so you I, know I always respect that yeah and it it's scary and daunting but yeah definitely. honestly I'm starting to like if you look at present day people they're they're doing it on their own mm-hmm. yeah. you yeah. know yeah. social media is really giving them a good 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 platform YouTube oh, yeah. Yeah, all YouTube, all of that. So, and and Tyler Perry, you know, um, love him or hate him, um, you have to respect that he is doing and has done what no one else has done. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. You got to respect him, man. And he is creating the doors, you know, for him to walk through. And I think that's been really inspiring for me because thinking about Hollywood and that whole game, you know, we would still be trying to make that happen. Yeah. But, you know, creating your own path, I, I really think you can't fail at that. I think yeah. if you're driven, your gifts will make room for you. I really believe that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, let me get to this, to this ad real quick. I kind of forgot that. Um, this episode of Raw District is uh, sponsored by com. Lucur Noir was created to bring a sense of pride and culture enhancement to humanity. Lucur Noir, or in our eyes, simply means black wealth. Pure financial wealth isn't sufficient enough, but also mental, physical, and spiritual as well, because health is wealth. When you thank Lucur Noir, we want you to embrace the full circle of wealth and remember to never let someone define you. Shout out to Lucur Noir. Go over there right now. Get 10% off all purchases. Use code RAW, R-A-W. Let's go. Your um, quick question before you uh, move past that. Since you're di- doing a uh, television and film, where do you plan on doing that? Do you have, plan on having like your own studio or just like moving around with it? Yeah, so what I'm working on next is producing my own short film. And um, I plan to do that locally. And then eventually, um, hopefully that will then lead me to the festivals. So you've got lots of film festivals. You have black mm-hmm. film festivals on a national level. Um uh, you have Sundance, of course, so many. Um, there's a lot. There's some in Chicago, right? Some really big. Yeah, ones. yeah. That's and decently local too. So that's. Yeah, there's some in Atlanta as well. So um, the goal is to eventually, you know, get a, a large presence with with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a couple of other leads. So I produce. Um, uh, my last show, which was Smoke Behind Closed Doors, mm-hmm. which was... Yeah, I wanted to get into that. So. Yeah, and so through that, Good I've segue. been able to connect with um, Howard Schultz, who is the... Base, well, he was the former CEO of Starbucks. So he nice. basically created Starbucks to be what we know it today. Mm. Um, and hmm. so he's interested in my script, so... Um, Big you know, the the goal would be to try to get that out. Um, I'd love to be able to turn it into yeah. a screenplay for film. Absolutely. So. And before we move too far, you know, past that, um, you know, elaborate a little bit on Smoke Behind Closed Doors. What is that? Smoke let, Behind let the, Closed let the people Doors. people know exactly what that is. Yeah. So <laughs> it I, sounds exciting. I mean, I, I want to go check it out. It is. Um, so it was my last show. Um, I got a call. Um, or actually not a call. I ran into um, uh, this woman here, Karen Hiller. And, and, you know, that's the other thing. I think harnessing 
the most unassuming connections with people because you never know where they're going to lead. Like, even me being here came through Brian. Right, right. Yeah, a barber. <laughs> a shout barber. Out, shout out Brian. Yeah, yeah. Brian. We love, we love Brian. Brian. He's amazing. He, he is. Tapers. He really is. He's really, like, becoming one of my best friends. Man. He's, he's pretty dope. Um, but uh, Karen Hiller here in Topeka, she's a city councilwoman. Um, she came up to me and she said, hey, the national 65th anniversary for um, the Brown versus Board of Education out of Topeka, obviously, um, is coming up. It'll be next year, which at that time, that was 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, sh- the 65th anniversary is going to be in May of 2019. And she said, we would like for you to be the opening act and we would like for you to produce a stage play. I was really intimidated because, you know, all my shows have been my own work, like what's in my head. But trying to interpret history, that's a whole nother thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I literally had to take myself through like my own college master's course through the Brown versus Board of Education case in 1954. And, you know, we're pretty much probably all in the same generation. Mm-hmm. So. We didn't, I mean, there was maybe a page in the textbooks oh, yeah. about the Brown versus yeah. board. Yeah, it was skimmed over. It was skimmed over. One third. Maybe a little paragraph. Um, so I, I knew Linda Brown Thompson. Um, I knew she was like the front woman of the case um, for what, for all that I knew. Um, but I had to educate myself and really uh, the things that I learned were fascinating so then I started interviewing the plaintiffs, which they're really old now. So being able to get into their homes and hear their stories. Um, That's all. You're also a journalist then, too. Yeah. Actually, that whole thing got, yeah, got birthed out of that. I had an amazing time. Miss um, Catherine, um, uh, she uh, was the only child to actually testify in the case. Uh, Catherine Sawyer and... Um, she uh, invited me into her home. I was one of the first to actually sit down and do an interview with her. And so I started learning all these stories, all these behind-the-scenes stories, the things that aren't in the textbooks that we didn't know. And so I had all this material, and then I was able to write a full stage play, which really was about the Citizens Committee. The Citizens Committee was um, this group of individuals. They were, they were hellraisers for justice here in Topeka. Um, And they were the ones that basically got to Thurgood Marshall, um, who was basically leading the case out of New York. Thurgood Marshall um, eventually became the first black Supreme Court justice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But uh, did the show and uh, it it was amazing. Um, It was it was one of those passion projects and probably one of the one of the greatest things I think I've ever done because being able to nice. take history yeah. and interpret that and reach people and it, you know, be in an entertaining way. Um, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it really was. So I'm, I, my goal would be to tour that show around the country 
as well as yeah it's a good idea we should do that this man this tour yeah and then you know turn it into film so that's smoke behind closed doors it's awesome nice as uh what's been going on like covid and everything has that kind of slowed man covid sucks (laughs) (laughs) i hate giving covid press but since he asked (laughs) like entertainment i mean how can you get away from it all yeah yeah so i was supposed to be so the whole misfits, which I'm sure we'll get into, but mm-hmm. um, I the the third installment of the misfits, um, I Uh-oh. was planning to do that. Um, actually, we would have been on stage in August this past August, mm-hmm. so we were just beginning to start pre production in January, and then of course the bullshit hit. Um, <laughs> Man, that's the perfect. That's word what we're for gonna it. call it. Bullshit. The bullshit. Yeah. That's all you are. <laughs> Jeez, but um, thankfully, I just had my table reading um, last weekend with mm-hmm. all of the, the cast. So we have just begun pre-production. We'll have um, part two of the table reading next weekend. And then we'll be going into rehearsals right away. So nice. I'm, I did the table reading virtually. Um, so we're doing Zoom. Shout out Zoom. Yeah. That's the way so, of life now. It, I mean, everything is Zoom. <laughs> it everything works. Is it Zoom. works. We're trying to figure out our Zoom so how we so we can incorporate that to the <laughs> We're, we're going to have a Zoom episode, but it didn't happen. You know, Drew I figured out to, a so. couple other things. Um, if you got some tricks, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, there's this whole other thing that I'll, I'll turn you on to because um, Zoom can be interesting, um, but I think there's some other uh, broadcasting things that, nice. that that are really dope that you might be interested in. Nice. But yeah, that whole virtual experience and producing, um, it's, yeah, virtually, that's that's what it is. And, and I was kind of down, but um, James had told me, he's like, you know what, you need to just, you need to just start doing it. Like, you just need to, you just seem to. I'm like, you know what? You're right because I, I felt like depressed. I mean, I think all of us were depressed during, Man, yeah. like, when things no, started hitting, and, and it's like, it like starts like eating at you, and then you, you really do want to do something. Like, it's like all all of your your stuff comes out mm-hmm. because like you have all this time and exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. And I, especially like being a creator, like if I'm not creating, I feel like I'm just completely wasting my time. Like you're broken. Yeah, that's how I felt. Yeah. I felt completely broken. I'm like, I, I was having it. a conversation today. Um, shout out to Flavor Wagon. Uh, we're gonna have y'all on soon, but that's a, a local local uh, food truck. Oh, but okay. I was having a. Um, are they the ones with the? Are those the Watsons? Um, I don't know. Maybe they might be connected. They're the, like they're like the the health. They put the health spin on down south, like southern mm. food. That may be them. But they're yeah they're they're great they're they're Flavor fire Wagon. yeah check them out, out. Check um, out. Yeah. but anyway I was having a conversation with Trey Jordan, the, show. Um, the uh, Trey the owner um, and he was saying like the COVID was you know like a uh, almost like a, um, a blessing in disguise mm-hmm. for him because yeah, he had a job people. and he was having Pat you know he Pat you know cooking was his passion and he wanted to get into that and wanted to do a food truck and he was going to do do both like most people would. Mm-hmm juggle both you know you have your stability over here and then you have your dream over here and you know he was talking to some people and i was like no man like if you want it to work and you want to you know really go in with it you need to dive in jump in you know head first type of thing and so then you know he was still kind of hesitant and he was saying you know covid happened so he got laid off so he had no choice he was like you know i have this dream over here i have my baby over nice here i'm, to feel I'm, that I'm ready to go ahead and put it yeah. in mm-hmm. and it worked out for him so um you know i think you know even though, yeah, COVID is bullshit. <laughs> Forget COVID. But, you know, I think it was a blessing does, in the man. sense of 
making people do just that. And I haven't, and that so. was just one story. Like, I've heard other people saying, uh, like, Raw you know, District? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 100% raw district. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Even this, like, I was trying to do my own shit too, and like, I didn't want to do music anymore. I mean, I did, but like, I just couldn't at the time. I just didn't have the motivation. So I was like, man, I just want to talk. I just want to tell tell everybody I'm feeling, and mm-hmm. you know. But um, now we here to back. You know, back back on track with um with Tyson. Um, mm-hmm. like you you mentioned the Misfits series. Yeah. So explain that a little bit and what what inspired that? Because that's that, that's completely different from the smoke behind closed doors. Isn't different. that a little? That's a little bit more your baby, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the Misfits was how it all started um, mm-hmm. with my production company. So of course I was saying that um, I came back here, supposed to be here for six months, and uh, I was like okay, I'm going to just write my own show. I'm going to write this comedy, right? But I like comedy and suspense. And so um, I started thinking one night, and my great-grandmother, Lord rest her soul, and her sister, uh, my auntie, Lord rest her soul, uh, (laughs) they, um, I remember them vividly. They didn't pass until I was in my mid to late teens. Um, and grew up with them and my, my mom Williams, um, she was a character, um, and her sister was even more of a character. And I just remember, yeah, they were characters (laughs) and they, you know, I just remember how they would interact with each other and I would reminisce on their stories. So one night I was just laying in bed. I was like, what would I even write about? And so I started thinking like. They were so funny, like, I could see building a show around these two characters. Mm -hmm. So I did. So the first show was um, The Misfits Christmas. Um, (laughs) So it's really about, and the irony of it all (laughs) is that there's this villain, and um, he's really like Donald Trump. And boo. <laughs> yeah, boo. Definitely boo. Yeah, he took You're a big fired, big... Donald. <laughs> <laughs> Get him out of here. You're fired. There were even references in the script um, to him, um, not favorable ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so <laughs> I built this whole show and this comedy, and it's really about these two old ladies that are seemingly like Batman and Robin. <laughs> Um, but their capes are jacked up. Like they, they have good intentions. Oh, yeah. They try to save the day, but the plans just don't end up. Janky promoters for superheroes. <laughs> they don't quite end up working out. And so they get themselves into issues in trouble, more trouble than what they already were in. That's funny. Then they try to dig out of that. And it just is this cycle. Um, so then I wrote the, uh, the misfits revenge, um, which picks up where that left off because um, basically uh, they end up getting a check from Mr. Van Blair, the Donald Trump, um, a $250,000 check because they had been wrong. Exactly. They had been wronged by him. Their whole family had been wronged by him. Um, and they were like, basically, if you don't give us this money, um, we're going to all the networks and we're going to expose you. So he gives them a check. At the end of the show, though, checks don't always cash. Mm. So they go Dang. all around the country, go to the casinos. They're spending all this money. They <laughs> save right. the day, save the family, <laughs> and then they get a call from the feds. Oops. 
This check Damn. has been canceled as fraud. You have so many days to return all the money. Oh man, that's fire! I like, I like, I like that, that a lot. That story, <laughs> <laughs> that story got me hooked. Yeah, yeah it's, it is very suspenseful. So then they uh, they end up finding Van Blair's house. They go to his mansion, which we actually shot in a mansion. Like my nice. whole promo for the show was shot in a mansion. Nice. Um, and so. Uh, they they think that they're going to try to take Van Blair hostage. They kind of do. They connect with his side piece ho, Janae. And they're basically like, we'll let you in on a little cut of this money if you help us out. And Van Blair, he, he ends up getting them again. And so now they are trapped in his wine cellar in the basement. And that picks up um, the show that I'm, I'm going to be producing this summer. Extortion, the misfits, because nice. right now they're trapped nice. in the basement, along with lots of other characters. And is that released or is it the show? Yeah, the title. It's yeah, it's yeah. It's it's pub- actually, you know what? This is, is the first forum that I'm actually publicly releasing. Extortion, the misfits. Shout out! Right All here. District breaking you news. heard it now, <laughs> right here. All exclusive. I just that's realized that. Yeah, that's you guys all exclusive. The there it is. Yeah. So um, there's lots of characters. There's you know, um, we meet Percy and Pebbles. Um, we meet their brother and sister, um, Uncle Otis, played okay. by myself. Nice. Okay. He's a character. Cameo. So that's a whole new character to the show, and Aunt Flossie, uh, their sister. Um, so that's gonna. That's a whole mess. These names are wild. Yeah, sound like she. <laughs> it's a whole mess. So they. Um, the little that I will say is at one point. Um, Don't give it all away. I, I won't give it all away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, there's a, a little uh, a, a little temporary agency that they uh, kind of put together to save their sister. Um, And they basically, um, at one point, figure out the best way to get them out of the basement is to get into the house as maids and butlers. So they they are going to do a little bit of um, spying and and all of that. So they're going to be right there in the house with them. So where, Where can people find it? Um, so our social media and website will probably go live before the the end of the year okay um and then august will be uh, july or august one of the two um we'll be on stage at t-pack okay nice nice Nice. yeah we'll be there and speaking of t-pack you're on the board of trust trustees for t-pack or or are you still or were you or not t-pack um actually because so the t-pack is a topeka performing arts center but i just got um uh a seat on the board of trustees for the topeka civic civic center okay Okay. civic theater that's right that's right i'm sorry i got typos on here my bad (laughs) (laughs) don't let it happen again yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, it's my first show you know (laughs) This is my first show. Anyway, so you're a board of trustees for the Topeka Civic Theater. Yes. Okay, my bad. Which is a, a, no, you're good. It's a big deal um, for me. Um, I feel really honored. Um, Interestingly enough, um, when I was producing my first show um, way back in 2015, um, I was trying to find a venue of where I could produce it at. And so... Everybody kept saying, oh, you should try out, you know, the Topeka Civic Theater. Well, the Topeka Civic Theater, they produce their own 
material. And so it's their own organization. Um, But needless to say, um, I was like, man, I wish, you know, they would, I was like, they probably wouldn't even let me, you know, on their stage or whatever, Mm -hmm. because who am I? And in five years after that, I actually got, (laughs) you get a, you get a call and, um, you know, this, this gentleman was like, listen, we have a spot. It's like, we need you. Yeah. Please. (laughs) We, we want you to be on the, on the, a trustee on the board of directors. And so that is a highlight because, you know, your gift makes room for you. You know, I never planned to be, you know, to have some of the opportunities that I've had at this point. Um, and these are opportunities hmm. that here's how you like. I think this is how you know that you're where you're supposed to be doing what you're supposed to do. When you are being authentic to yourself and your passion, then all of a sudden, no matter how big you are, you know, we're in Topeka. I'm not a household name yet. You know, people all over the world don't know me yet. Keyword yet. But you've been all over the world. <laughs> yeah, I have been. Manifest because you said yet. Yeah, you got you to gotta speak it into existence, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Um, but when, when people start calling or, you know, you get those emails or you get those DM, DMs mm-hmm. that you don't expect or those connections... And things just start happening. That's how I think you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, it feels like so that. much different when people like reach that. out to you than you like trying to get on somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, because if yeah. you have to chase people down, I mean, there's an element yeah. of that. Of but, course, yeah. But I think there's a balance of people start recognizing who you are. Mm-hmm. And that begins to validate, you know, even the mm-hmm. smallest of things. And doesn't it feel like, I mean, and this is for me, like like you said, when you're doing something that, you, you know, that you're supposed to be doing, that you're, you know, this is your purpose, this is what you're here to do, it feels so unforced. It feels yes. so unforced, yeah. mm-hmm. so smooth, so, so organic. Um, and especially when you're making things about your family and, like, you know, it's like things that you've witnessed and then you just, like, you know, glamorize them and like make them way bigger than they are. And like, yeah, as exactly. a kid, especially in your head, that's how you probably felt. Yeah. How it yeah. Was. Yeah. Cause so. my aunt Mabel, I was like, Ooh, she is a lot. <laughs> Love yeah. you to death. But you know that as a kid. <laughs> I got an auntie just like that. Yeah. But I loved, you know, we all oh, loved love her. That oh, energy yeah. and yeah. outspoken. That's that's what makes the best stories. She is that. And like I'm sure Medea is made off of somebody Tyler Perry knew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think same, actually his aunt. Yeah. Yeah. Same so, type of. And his mom. Yeah, we we've been yeah we've been attacked by by fruit flies. Uh oh, you know there's something to that this year. There's, I, there, there's like is there abundance? It has I've to seen do it. with climate change. Last yeah, show I told them that I that it was my cologne, but I can't pass it this time. <laughs> 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 I can't pass it off this time. Yeah, um, it was the liquor that they spilled at the party. <laughs> <laughs> so um you know we 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 gone through the music, we've gone through the plays a little bit. Um, let's Not touch. really the music though. What, what? Other just like. Are you making any like you planning on making any albums or like? Well, he said that he's just basically making the music for his production. So, yeah, I do plan. But you can write for us though. We yeah, know. I would love that. I would love that. I need a hook. Yeah, um, I do plan to Shameless start part. turning the the music 
that I write in the place. He's got a Rihanna mixtape. He's, he's, yeah, I'm he's trying. Man. He's trying to send it. He's got a Rihanna mixtape. He has the track list. He has the track list already. So he has a track list. I mean, that's a start. He has the track list. He has the idea. He just needs writers. People went crazy for it. I ain't got the talent to write. Just like your noodles, bro. Just like your noodles. He's got to start from somewhere. Everything is inspiration. So I did. I did. Bro, when's your when your noodles coming out, bro? Yeah, I'll put out a little fake menu. You know what I mean? People went crazy for it. Peanut butter, peanut, peanut butter and jelly, jelly ramen. Yeah. <laughs> People were sharing it like, yeah, I'll come support. I was like, thank you, man. Bro, yeah, you just, sometimes you. you just got to check. You have really good friends. That's all that means. The amount of shares I got, I was like, damn, they really support me, man. This is crazy. Yeah, you probably should do it now, bro. That is funny. But no, I want to get into the I want to get into the funeral home um, because that's here. That's here in Topeka, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's peaceful rest. Peaceful rest funeral chapel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's let's talk about that. Um, yeah. What 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 exactly do you do for the you know for the chapel? That's what everybody wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I manage really the business side and the client relations side. Um, so those six months that my mom and dad said, "Hey, can you come back?" Um, we opened the funeral home in 2014. Um, so I was talking about my aunt Mabel. Um, she actually was probably she was one of the first black female funeral directors in the state of Kansas. Oh, dang, nice! And she was Shout probably yeah legend at yeah. her time. Um, you know, she was probably I would think from the late forties, early fifties into about the seventies mm-hmm. was her career as a funeral director. Um, so she worked at a funeral home, um, a black funeral home that used to be in Lawrence. And so my dad was raised in the funeral home. Like, you know, he would go to the funeral home. He and all his cousins, they play hide-and-go-seek, and, and mm. you casket room and all that stuff. <laughs> hey, that's, 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 that's different a, type that's of scare. Mad, yeah, that's a bad hide-and-go-seek game right yeah, there, yo. It's, it's, there's, it's a whole other level. Um, so when I was probably about 10 or 11, my dad decided to go uh, to become a mortician. So he went back to school, um, worked for a funeral home for several, several, several years, and then in 2014, um, decided, you know, to start his own. And so um, I came in and was helping, you know, to get the physical building together and um, then, you know, getting the business together. And then when I cr- quickly realized that, oh, the six months is looking more like a year. <laughs> and then the year was like, okay, another year. And then it was like, you know, next thing I know, I'm representing, you know, the company and going to here, there and everywhere and speaking and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and so uh, it's really interesting. You know, it's it's everyone is always curious about the funeral home because, you know, it's an element of life that most people don't get to be a part of. They don't know a lot it's, about. Yeah, and don't know a yeah. lot We're about. We're on this side of the fence yeah, and y'all are on that side of the fence. And it truly is crazy. I mean, um, the things that you see, um, the the people, the characters, you know, I have so much material. Um, in fact, Misfits Extortion um, coming up uh, this next summer is the first show 
that will have a funeral scene in it. Everybody's like, you need to do a funeral scene. You need to do a funeral scene. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, that would be so predictable, you know, and cliche to my life. Kind of, yeah. But that, people <laughs> but, love that shit. But, hey, it's expected at the same time. It, 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 I know. Got to. It, it's it, coming, and it's it's going to be I'm amazing. Like, yours will be I'm more sure authentic. You, yeah, yeah, it I'm will. I'm sure you've got plenty of material. Like, imagine. Oh, my God. I can't imagine people owning a funeral the family. home. The characters. Just the stories. Yeah, the families, the stories, the, you know, and, and I love all of our our client family um but you know you have some people who are um, more colorful than others and 100%. i work in customer service believe me <laughs> i know you know you're just like <laughs> wow that's a character you are a character Man. you know and um you know it's 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 fun that's because that's a good way to explain it wow you <laughs> yeah. are a character you are your own person that's it argument. that's all yeah, i'm you know what? Just leave it at that. You know that. what, man? Wow. You're a character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it definitely uh, describes everything that's going through your head um, in a PC and pleasant way. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but, um, you know, the funeral home is just interesting. Now, here's the really interesting thing that m- most people have no clue. So, when I started my production company... You know, of course, we were uh, we were rehearsing in the church basement, and um, I had about two weeks of that. And I, and I'm a guy that marches to my own drum beat. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, this isn't gonna work. I don't like this. And then I was like, I need props, I need furniture, and all this stuff. And then it hit me. I was like, wait a second, I got all of that at the funeral home. So literally, <laughs> in the middle of rehearsal, I was like, stop, 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 stop. So everybody was like, what's going on? I was like, get in your cars. We're going down the street. I didn't tell them where we were going. Of course, everybody knew that, you know, I own the funeral home and all of that. But um, we pull in the parking lot. And they're like, why are we here? So somebody passed. And I'm like. We didn't know something. <laughs> you know, it was like, it must have been like, I think it was a Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, um, we're moving rehearsals to the funeral home. And people are like, no, no, I'm not about to do that. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. <laughs> Everybody's got to die. There's too much death in that place. Yeah. Yeah. Perform there. The good thing, though, is, you know, we've designed the funeral home. If you didn't know it was a funeral home, if you didn't know, like, had a reason to be there, you, you so wasn't promoted as such. Yeah. Seems like a living room. Yeah, you would have no idea. I mean, and we really pride ourselves in that. Shout That's out cool. to Peaceful Rest Funeral Chapel. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. Yeah, shout shout out. out. Shout hey, out. come die there, y'all. Yeah. You got to die yeah. there. Come no rest. Rest. Come rest there. At Peaceful yeah. Rest. Take a peaceful die rest. Die sounds very uh, dramatic. <laughs> Please. Um, Please do that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have designed the space and the experience to not be deathy at all. So once they got in there, they realized, oh, you know, this isn't bad at all. So then it got to the point where, you know, occasionally there would be, you know, we'd have to, you know, I need some help kind of transforming the space. If you mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. imagine what that would mean. So mm-hmm. <laughs> we would, um, you know, a couple, couple of the actors, they'd be like, oh, I'll help you. I'll help you. Da, 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 da. So um, we actually rehearse at the funeral home. So nice. I built all of these productions out of a funeral home. That's dope. Creativity at yeah, its finest. Using what you got, man. <laughs> Use what you got. Creativity at yeah. its finest. That's what oh, you got to sure. do. Does doing so many different things, does that, like, I know that, you, like, sleep, you can't, you can't sleep much. Like, <laughs> His head's scattered just listening yeah, to you like, talk. Like, damn, what does he do? What <laughs> else you does know, he do? music. <laughs> the hey, do you eat, bro? Like, right, yeah. what do you eat? <laughs> it gets to He's be. He's in a simulation right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
it gets to be a lot. There, it kind of ebbs and flows. I'm a very um, organized person. If I weren't like OCD organized, I don't think there would be any way that I would be able to accomplish any of this. But, Definitely feel that. Um, That's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> OCD. <laughs> I hear tweaking. It it gets to be a lot though, you know, um, especially in now that I've started pre-production for the last two or three weeks, you know, I haven't slept. Like literally I've drank so much coffee. Um, I'll be up in the middle of the night, but the best thing about the middle of the night, nobody's calling you. Nobody's texting you. Your phone isn't like, yeah, there it is. so it's just like stillness. Do not disturb. In fact, yeah. all of my shows have been written in the middle of the night. Yep. Nice. Yeah. That's when so I get nice. the best writing done for sure. Yeah. My, my best ideas are on the, on the pot. Yes. Or in the shower. There you the go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. In the, the shower for sure. For, in the yeah. shower. Or in, in, the like I'm in the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom. In the bathroom. Yeah. Creating yeah, shit. Yeah, that's where I think of my best post. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I think my best. Yeah, he's a Facebook comedian. Yeah, yeah. yeah you have to look him up. He's out here. Tony Fontana. He's, he's, he's a porn. real live Facebook comedian. Oh, pouring yeah, champagne on strippers. We definitely got to connect. Yeah, for sure. We'll make that happen. He's a Facebook comedian for sure. But yeah, you know. It's on one thing. What? You plug it in. It's on one one percent battery yeah one uh, one bar oh, it'll, it'll all right we're almost done um <laughs> yeah you know i feel like you look at all the people everyone's stories whether it's lebron james whether it's obama whether it is you know oprah tyler perry whomever it may be um Kamala Harris. You know, you look at all hey, these shout people. Out oh yeah, shout, shout out to her, the new vice president. Taking that, <laughs> taking that dub. Yeah, yeah. you look at you know our our forerunners like John Lewis and just yeah. amazing people of all colors and races and backgrounds. Michelle Obama and Michelle Obama. Mm. These people, there's one thing that they all have in common. They're managing all kinds of things at one time, 100%. and they are they are trailblazing like you look at them in astonishment like how how are you able to do all of that so for me i look at myself and i'm i'm really hard on myself i always have been my whole life um but i don't think i would be where i'm at if that's i just weren't the artist that's it that's like really a, just the artist in you man yeah and it's like you know you can't you can't let time especially being in the funeral home business I see how quickly bodies roll in and out. They're our age. Constant reminder. Mm -hmm. They're younger than yeah, us. Man. They're, Constant you know, reminder. and it's like, at the end of time, your life is summed up in that one moment that people put you away, and you don't get to go back and do any redos. Mm -hmm. You don't get Ooh. to, you know, figure it out again. You get one take. You get one take. So if you want to waste your time and, and waste your life and not be making progress and not going after your dreams and doing mindless things, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That may be your happiness. But that, for me, I, I would be regretting my life at that point. You know, I I want to be – I want people to know who Tyson Williams is. Absolutely. I want people yep. to – uh, I want to inspire people, you know, young young people. I want, and there's so much art. You think about all that's in you, all that's in you, all that's in you. 100%. Can you imagine how much if if we were able to just unleash everything that's in us? We're trying to the world, <laughs> you know. It, we're it's, trying. 
it's like there's Come so hard. much. Yeah. So there's there's no. It's time hard. It's to, hard, man. To waste like nah. just being stagnant. Well, Steve so Harvey like, said it. He, what, what was he? What was the little? There's a little video floating around with Steve Harvey. He was talking about uh, successful people don't sleep. <laughs> True. <laughs> he was saying that. Like, I think I saw that. Successful on people do yeah, not yeah. sleep. Yeah. yeah. He was saying like you might get a few, but yeah. you better get up and get to it. And yeah, and they're the hardest on themselves because oh, they yeah. know they know they see what they want in you know in life, but they just. You know, absolutely. That's that's the chase, I think. But as long as like you can get what you started from from like the very beginning of your your vision, you mm-hmm. know, that's yeah. how I feel like. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did you have Did you have a question this week? No. No. I got one. We we do segments every week. Mm-hmm. One segment is uh, "Don't ask me no dumb shit." <laughs> you, bet, you bet not. But we do have some dumb shit that's asked from time to time. <laughs> um, but today is. Uh, Shout out our host Drew Dawson. Drew, I'm gonna put him on blast. I don't care. This is for this is from him. How important is liking your significant other's family? How important is that? And I know, I know you was gonna be ready for this one. <laughs> he I loves talking about relationship that, stuff. Baby. It's definitely important. <laughs> but if your significant other doesn't even like their family, then. So y'all ain't getting no cookouts. That's an interesting. That's family. That's family to them though. So that doesn't count. Like they I cannot mean, like it, them, but they like, love man, them. Fuck my no, no, aunt! I can't stand personal. my aunt. But they still love them. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, not. I love like, my. I lo- he's I love like mother-in-law. If you're watching this, <laughs> I love you, mom-in-law. I love you, Eva. Um, for, yeah, we'll start with you. Yeah, we'll start. <laughs> for me, um, I've always dreamed of having that uh, relationship and that uh, that bond with uh, my significant other's family. But you know what I've realized? Um, you know, whether it works or it doesn't, you just, I mean, you got to be true to, you know, you. Mm-hmm. And you got to be true to the person that you're with. Mm-hmm. And so as long as you two are tight and you've got it together, then, you know, to me, uh, they've. They it get falling where they get in, you know. Like, yeah. either love you, or hate you. Yeah, he's <laughs> There has but, to be some type of respect. If the respect's the there, then like everything yeah. else can yeah. like Res- you know. If y'all can have dinner together, you good. Yeah, you don't got to be best. We can buddies. talk about each other after dinner. Yeah, yeah, you can take it yeah. home. Okay, take it home. And Your tell dad's cool, really but I'm gonna snuff him. But he's kind of watch, a douche. You gotta watch out for the ones that set you up, like. Bashing mom, bashing dad, bashing aunt, bashing uncle, and then you get over to the house to eat dinner, and they're like, "Oh hey, oh, yeah, uh, hey, yeah, yeah. what's going on?" I actually like your uncle. Yeah, it's just like, no, no, this is and they're the exact, exact opposite. Like, yeah, you think of what's going on. Yourself. And so you're just like, you know, they, they're, hey, how you doing? What's going? You know what I mean? Treating you like you a right. guest. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they're showing you the most, you know, the 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 100 hospitality and stuff. <laughs> and you the whole time you got this little, you know. You know this, what that this, is, this though? picture in the back of your head that your girl done painted, like, but yeah, that, my uncle ain't shit. But you know what that is? That's when you my know that your- nephews don't get fed. Like, damn, for <laughs> real. don't get fed. That, that's <laughs> they're fat as hell. That's, that's, when you, that's when you know that your significant other the problem. Like, damn, so she you might be the toxic one. one. Yeah. She might be the toxic one. I mean, yeah, it, it would cause a problem because you're like, why would you think that? But how do you like, tell your significant other that that's the problem? It, I knew it just wasn't. I knew it wasn't just me. I knew it wasn't just me. That's funny. You can't tell them that- 
Oh, I think your uncle's kind of cool, actually. They were like, no, yeah, I think it's you. Not. It's like, no, no, it's you. You the problem. <laughs> that starts you know, fights. I that think that's fights the key, at the, though. At home. Exactly. Like, you, you like dad, but she hates dad right now. Like, you can't like him. Why are you out here drinking a beer with him, man? We, we like the Buffalo Bills together. I can't help it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the thing, like, um, too, is you may not be totally, you know, cool with the parents per se, but if you can find somebody, if you can find a brother or a sister or mm-hmm. an auntie or a cousin, you gotta find an end. Somewhere. Yeah, you gotta find an yeah, end yeah. from somebody. <laughs> yeah. and so. Everybody's crazy. Well, shit, Bobby too, likes him. We'll give him a pass. Damn yeah, now, there's always something to like about anybody, really. Mm. You know, there's some people that That's are piece, that are completely pieces of shits, but a lot of people, you know, there's something I, I, I would yeah, not you can like, like nothing about, somebody, about Trump. Most people. If I, if I met Maybe him, if y'all drink I together. seen him. Trump. I mean, that's one person that I wouldn't like nothing about. Him. Yeah, I wouldn't have anything <laughs> Unless, that I could. No, not not knowing less, knowing yeah. less. He's got good no crowd control. <laughs> Shit, <laughs> I don't even know about that. Yeah, We're so in the I, middle of a pandemic, and he can't get so his crowd put, to, to right. put masks you know on his face. His senior uh, chief of staff today uh, or yesterday came out with COVID. Oh, wow. He wasn't even wearing the mask at the last fucking debate or whatever. Bro, yeah. when he said I talked to the president of Puerto Rico, bro, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was like Hey, but they be wanting to crack on Joe, though. They do. Because he's had a couple of mishaps. So I can't, to... I can't do that. I can't, I can't be unfair. I mean, you know, I can't be unjust. I'm going to laugh think, at both, though. I was going to say, I think laugh at both. <laughs> I think yeah. just laugh at both. Yeah, we, yeah, you got to. Yeah, definitely. Um. But we're going to get into these shout-outs, man. Um, every, every, we end every episode with shout-outs. Um, today, I shout-out you, man. Um, oh, I shout-out you man. making the time for us. Um, shout-out And, and shout-out everybody out there listening. Shout-out everybody out there watching, um, subscribing. Subscribe. Um, loving us. You know, hey, we we, supre- we appreciate that. And um, Making Tony Fontana famous. He's out here. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's the, the, ba- the most famous host. When I blow up, I'm going to stay around y'all, too. You <laughs> I really Don't appreciate that. We appreciate that. Let us go with, us, with you, at least. Um, but I always, uh, you know, shout-out my guys. And uh, mm-hmm. shout-out Drew. Um, wherever you yeah. at, you know, hope the picnic and family photos is doing yeah, good. Hope you like your cheese. Yeah, but that's my shout outs. Um, pass it on. Yeah, shout out uh, La Casa Blanca. Shout out Preston, helping us make this shit happen. Shout out Rod District, Tyson as always. Shout out the couch guest. Yeah, yeah. The couch guest. Shout my out the my little brother sleep over there. We shout put out him sleep. Live. He's uh, a youngin. <laughs> yep. Shout out life. Yeah. Shout out to the guest. Shout out to you for coming. Shout out the couch guest. You know what I mean? Uh, shout out to Drew. Why don't you tell us what guys. you was doing last night or the night before? Okay, let's shout out yeah, her. You were throwing Can you shout out her on the ass. <laughs> Can you shout listen, out that no, no, girl? No, 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 I'm not gonna shout her. out. Make it hurt to wish him. All I'm gonna just say is, you know what I mean. I was drinking some champagne. But you got her. She asked me to pour the champagne on oh, her too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I poured the champagne, out, that was it was consensual. Yeah, she okay. asked for that. Okay. <laughs> Never pour champagne on women. You feel oh, me? Oh yeah, yeah. You know that's how that was. My night was kind of crazy. I woke up not want to drink anymore, but. But we got Sonic. But every two days. Movies. Hopefully that's electrolytes. But anyway. Shout outs obviously to you to you guys. Um, Tony and Eli and Chris and Drew. Sad that I didn't get to meet you. But hopefully you guys will have me back at some point. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Man. Absolutely. I, it's been good. I can meet absolutely. you guys. Um, shout out to my parents because I would not be and my, my grandmother. One hundred percent. I wouldn't be anywhere um without them. Um and uh shout out to uh uh yeah, just everybody. I mean, you know what? I really want to give a shout out to all the little boys and girls across the world today. Yeah. They got to see democracy. Yeah. And um, hey. that your dreams yeah. and your hopes can truly um, happen. Um, yeah. 
And shout out to my biggest supporter in life, James. Yeah. Um, shout out, James. Jimmy James. <laughs> <laughs> James. Um, 100%. Yeah. And to my godmom and my executive manager, Moniece. Um, she, yeah. She shout could, out, Moniece. She's yeah. a great communicator. Yeah. I appreciate oh, the email it. skills was 100%. Yes. Yeah, I love that. All about business. So. That's who I booked with, by the way. Shout out, Moniece. Yes. <laughs> she, couldn't, she couldn't be here today, but um, she has been with me since day zero. Nice. And she is part of the reason that uh, this production company has wheels. So. Cool, cool. And go check it out. Um, again, plug yeah, the uh, yeah. plug the production. Where can we find yeah, you? Yeah, Tyson Williams Productions. So you can go to uh, Tyson Williams Productions on Facebook, mm-hmm. um, Instagram, and um, you can go to uh, – we're just almost finished – with um, the website and our social media, so there'll be more. Maybe I can like. Yeah, send it to us. Send yeah, us I'll the information. We'll plug you in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. link Absolutely. below. Yeah. Absolutely. That'd be great. Raw District, we out. Love Fuck y'all. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, appreciate you. Yes, thank you. Thank, thank you. you so